and Luke. Who are you? Uh, okay, then. Ron Wolfley. Ron Wolfley. <laughs> what is up? <laughs> Witch Buster. Extraordinaire. <laughs> Love that guy. Luke Lipinski. Yay. Wolf and Luke. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Live from the Action Community Studios on this Wednesday morning, it is the Wolf and Luke show, but there is no Wolf today. There is Kevin Ray, which is probably the perfect person to have in here, actually, after what happened last night. So it is the K-Ray and Luke show for a day or two here. K-Ray, what's going on, man? You know what? I, I thought that there was, like, going to be a hat and glasses over here for me to, like, pull the hat on, <laughs> like, way down to my eyebrows and get the... Oh, I can go get the hat. Yeah. He leaves it in the office. If you want the hat, I can get it. Does he really leave? the hat here every oh week? yeah that's <laughs> the official on-air hat <laughs> the thing is like if you put that hat on and you know this because you've worked with wolf you'll start to sound like wolf so <laughs> if you do it for the entire holiday My season brothers you'll, you'll just turn into wolf what if we both do the show as wolf for four hours <laughs> you can do and, the pantera call <laughs> I think it would be very short-lived. It would be, yes. And we'd, neither one of us would have a voice tomorrow. There would and... be people storming the offices. <laughs> I'll just blame you. I'll be like, look, he's the new guy. He came in. He just overpowered the whole thing. He's like, I've got this idea. We're going to talk like Wolf the whole time, right? All right. So the Suns lose last night. I was looking for, I'm always looking to the Suns to be the bright spot, okay, right? For the most part, they are. So I'm not going to, you know. Right. But um, that game last night, I was talking to you before the show. It was like, okay, you know, Washington hanging around. Okay, Washington up at halftime, but the Suns will make a run. The Suns made the run. And then it was just kind of like, all right, the Suns are going to win. And as the lead slowly, really kind of quickly evaporated, and then they lost, I just sat there with this dumb look on my face like, they won, right? Even though I'm staring at the score. Yeah. God, that was a great run. Oh, wait a minute. What happened to that run? Oh, that's that's like in the rearview mirror. Oh, it's it's over, and, and they have less points than the Washington Wizards. <sighs> All right, what happened? Uh, you know, I, I had... Just some nights you, you walk into the arena, and you're like, this one is not going to be easy. Yeah. And, it, you know, they've they played a ton of basketball over the last couple of weeks. Um and you played the Lakers the night before, and you got the exact response that I expected them to deliver against the Lakers. And then you're facing a team 24 hours later that had dropped 10 straight. You'd won the last three or four meetings against them by more than 15 points per game. And you you apparently forget to like look around the locker room and go... Wow, we've got almost as many guys in street clothes as we do in uniform. But we're good. We're good. We got this. And they've got Bradley Beal and Kyle Kuzma. Two guys have been balling out of their mind. Yeah. So, I, you know, I, I didn't feel like they came in the first half with the... And I used this. I said, before tip-off, I said, they, they've got to come with the requisite focus against this team that you did... Last night against the Lakers, and they they didn't do it. You allowed them to get super comfortable in the first half, all while Bradley Beal was going one of eight, mind you. Yeah, that was like the wait. There's just a guy over there that's gonna he's gonna get twenty points. He always gets twenty points. Yeah, at least. So if he only has two at halftime, that means you have to account for at least eighteen points that are coming in the second yeah. half. It was kind of like those little Friday the Thirteenth movies. You yeah. know, before the actual killing started, you saw Jason like in the shadows, like lurking, and then he'd flash like walk through a room and. Somebody walks through unscathed. You never watched the movie like, well, I guess everybody's fine. Yeah. That's, just, yeah. that's fine. Yeah. Bradley Beal was 
was Jason in the fourth quarter. Um, <laughs> perfect timing, Well, <laughs> You know, because I, EJ and I said it on the telecast, like, Bradley Beal is like Book. He can be 2 of 14 going into the fourth quarter. But if it's close and 10, point, 10 points is close in the NBA, that's yeah. basically three possessions. <laughs> that's basically a, a nail-biter this year. Yeah. Um, he, he, he can... Get cooking, and that is exactly what happened with Beal. Started attacking the basket, um, and they expended, they being the Suns, expended so much energy coming from 17 down. Now I'm like looking around the room to see, like, like I hear what you're saying, but I'm always going to associate Bradley Beal with this music now. Somebody walked by the window, and I was like, keep walking. Just keep moving, man. Do not look directly into my eyes. Um, but yeah, they, they expended so much energy and Monty didn't have, you know, a ton of fresh bodies to turn to. Yeah. And, and I thought the, the one guy who would have loved to see on the floor last night was Josh Akogi. Yeah. Because he has really been a defensive tone setter. And I felt like a game like that last night where we weren't getting the stops and playing the kind of defense that they needed to, Josh was a guy that kind of could have come in he early. Have disrupted and, something. And it, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Disruptor is exactly what he has been. Um, so that aside, you tip your cap to, to Washington because that's the thing, dude. I mean, they, they, they've got their NBA players. Yeah, when they've got Washington's a weird team because they got a couple really good ones. You know what I mean? And, and Christoph Porzingis didn't play last night. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know who the Suns. You know, I know who the Suns were missing, but Christoph Porzingis was a late scratch. So what, what you said of you walked in the arena and you're like, this isn't going to be easy tonight. I wish they also would have walked into the arena thinking, yeah, this isn't going to be easy tonight. Because you're right. You look around and, okay, yeah, it's not just Devin Booker in straight clothes. There's no Josh Okoge. It's still no Cam Johnson. Although, I got to say, <laughs> Cam Johnson showing up in the sweatsuit the day after Mikel Bridges almost ruined his like $1,000 jacket. I don't know if that was intentional or not, but that was brilliant if it was. He's like, bro, I'm not going through this again. I had to take that thing to the dry cleaner this morning. I just like, got it two days ago. Like, Here, I just ordered this online for like $18. I'm going to wear this. Probably a lot more expensive than that, but it's uh, it, that's just given what happened on Monday night. That was pretty hilarious. Um, yeah, look, you can't you can't let up in this league this season because there are just too many guys missing on each team each night. And they were talking about it actually on your guys' post game show too. It was just like you you can't. And I'm not even looking at the other teams, but with the Suns, it's hard to get into any sort of rhythm because it's like, okay, which three guys are out tonight? You know, which, which and and I understand some of it is like real injuries, but some of it's probably managing things too, uh, and that's just the way it is. Every every team's doing that, so I I don't are like, are we done with the days of 14 game winning streaks because your same guys don't play for 14 straight days? I, I mean that that is a great question, and and my quick easy answer is. Yeah, that's it is probably at least maybe this season a thing of the past. I think yeah. the longest winning streak of this season by anybody has been seven games. That's unbelievable. If, if that's I believe, unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. And, and and it is it is a direct result of what you just said. I mean, look last night, Memphis, who looked like world beaters when they beat Giannis and the the full strength Bucks. Yeah, they were up by forty five. They get cooked last night by Denver. Yeah. I mean, there are such wild swings on a nightly basis. And I I believe that's what we're going to see the entire rest of the way. I want to ask you about Kyle Kuzma. We asked you about it yesterday when you're on with game day with K-Ray. Um, 
He looks good. I mean, that was one game, but he's looked good all season. <laughs> it's funny. I threw this out there on Twitter, like, okay, I'll take Kuzma. And, and somebody wrote back, like, no, we don't want a guy off a, a bad team. And my thought was like, well, I'm pretty sure Memphis isn't giving up John Morant and Boston's not giving up Jason Tatum. Somebody said they don't want somebody off a bat. <laughs> no, look, I get it. It's the team that just beat you and you're probably frustrated. <laughs> and look, I'm with you. Would I rather have the best player off a title contender than Kyle Kuzma? Yes, I'm just trying to deal in the reality that we have here. And I'm guessing Kyle Kuzma is probably going to be on the high end of what you could potentially get at the trade deadline. Because Washington, I'm assuming, isn't going to keep him, although... He's been pretty good this year. He has, um, but he's also made it very clear to them that he will not pick up his player option. Yeah. So if you're Washington, do you want to let a guy like that just walk? Um, you know, the thing that struck me last night was uh, how the color of orange really brings out the color of his eyes. So <laughs> You didn't say that on the broadcast. I, 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 I did not. You, you saved that for us. So I feel so so fortunate. Well, as you can tell, Kevin Ray is here uh, all day today. The football season is winding down. You still have time to get in on Bix Picks, though. Text pick to 620-620 to sign up and compete against Dan Bickley for your chance at the grand prize, 75-inch TV, courtesy of Corona Extra. Weekly winners are going to receive an NFL jersey of their choice and a $50 gift card to Cold Beers and Cheeseburgers. So just text PICK to 620-620 to enter. All right, when we come back, the Suns have a new owner. So how much does that open things up for James Jones? We'll get into that next. It's Wolf and Luke. K-Ray in for Wolf today on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Welcome back to the show on this Wednesday morning. It is Wolf and Luke. Kevin Ray is in for Wolf today, talking to little sons. Talked about the game already, but let's talk about the fact that there was a fundamental shift in everything in the organization yesterday, K-Ray, and a little bit behind the scenes. We had you on for game day with K-Ray yesterday. I want to say it was at 1030. Yeah. And as we're talking, as we're wrapping up the interview, um, the news broke that Matt Ishbia was was finalizing a deal to buy the Suns, but it was like there was like 40 seconds left in the interview. So I was like, do I just drop this on K-Ray as he's leaving and be like, right, like this is I how it would have gone for you, K-Ray. <laughs> this is how it would have gone, K-Ray. Okay, so wrapping up the interview, uh, I would have pulled a wolf and I'd be like, uh, you know, K, maybe this isn't fair to say this to you. You've got nine seconds. Uh, the Suns were just sold. What's your reaction? So, <laughs> so, we, so please we respond accordingly. <laughs> we didn't do that. We gave you 24 hours and yeah, I'm going to start you off with, um, with Monty Williams talking about uh, just what this potentially does for the, uh, for the Suns now going forward. We could. I mean, I mean, I think anytime you <clears throat> have some gray as far as who owns the team, who's going to own it, um, I'm sure that when you finally do get some sort of direction when it comes to the ownership, that allows for you to, you know, know who you're reporting to and that could allow for you to make more decisions going forward you know it's pretty obvious we haven't done anything along with other teams so but I think yeah if if you get someone in place that probably makes it a little bit easier to make decisions um, and those decisions can be predicated on how that owner wants you to play too and you have to figure that part out so to your question Yes. 
probably should have just said yes. Yeah. <laughs> the question was, does ownership getting finalized make it easier to make uh, moves this season? And Monty, that was his fourth clip. I think that was the most pertinent to what we're talking about here. The first three were a variation of him saying, I, I'm not even sure I can really comment on this yet. So that I thought was that was an interesting one, though, right there. Yeah. And, and look, the, 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 the one word to pull from all of it is clarity. Yeah. There is clarity now for everyone. Um, and clarity and, you know, I, I would say direction, but not full direction yet because there is still so much to be done. You know, it has to be approved by the NBA uh, Board of Governors. But there's no indication that that's going to, you know, if it's gotten to this point, everything has been vetted through the league office as well as. Robert Sarver and and his people. So you, you would think it's like a wedding when they're like, does anybody have a problem with this at the very last second? Like you would think if somebody had a problem, they would have brought it up before everybody gathering together for the actual right. weddings. You would think if there's an issue with this this uh, purchase somewhere in the league, it would have it would have come up at some point in the last few months. Yeah, uh, agreed, agreed. Um, and so for yeah, I, I think for anybody involved on the business side um, for the organization, clarity is the word that I think they will can all kind of exhale and say, Whew, okay, now now we, we've we got somebody in place and now the, the kind of prioritization on, okay, what's first on our list? What's second on the list? And, you know, I'm sure James Jones will, will or has been on the call already. But again, until it's officially approved by the league, it's not like, you know, they can be Steve Cohen and out there spending $800 million. Yeah, yeah that's the thing. I mean, and you, we were talking about this yesterday when Josh Colmenter was in. It was like, typically when you buy an NBA team or a professional team, first of all, it's hard enough to do it for one to even become available because you basically know if you're buying an NBA team, as long as you have the money to buy it, you're going to turn a profit, big picture, because it's an NBA franchise. But you would assume if you're buying one, it is the 30th team in the league and they've had all sorts of problems and they're nowhere near contending. He's buying a team that is contending right now. And so it's it's not like it's not, hey, you're buying this last place team and James Jones is just, you know, kind of gathering picks anyway for the future. He probably needs to make a move in the next month and a half, you know, a little under two months to to get this team ready for the playoffs. Might need to make like two or three moves, depending on, you know, how big one of them is. Uh, and I, I just logically would think who's. Somebody's got to sign off. Somebody's going to be like, yeah, I'm going to pay this guy. Let's just use Kuzma again as an example. If you were to trade for him, I'm not saying they're going to, but if you were or somebody like him, you're then going to want to keep him beyond just two months, I would assume, if you're going to trade for somebody like that. So you got to have an owner that's like, yeah, I'll pay him. Right. Right. They exactly. Didn't until yesterday. Yeah. They really didn't have one. And I thought what was interesting during this whole process, Luke, and, and you know, maybe you guys addressed this, but, you know, one, this particular owner's name was never brought up at, among the potential candidates, right? I never heard it. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but I thought, and we were having this conversation during our road trip, uh, and I would, I would love to go back in, in history because f- professional franchises are so rarely for sale. But such a unique situation because there was a professional franchise in every major sport up for sale. Yeah, I guess that's true. Commanders. Yeah. You had the Angels. Yeah. And the Suns. That's that is And and so, you know, typically it is a race for all these billionaires yeah. because one professional franchise is up for sale. You had three. 
That, I didn't even think of it that way because when you look at the other two for a second, okay, the Suns are right there at the top of the NBA right now. They haven't won a title yet, but you know, Bickley was talking about this this morning. You have such a unique position you're in too. You have a contender, but it's not just that. If you deliver a championship to the Valley with the Suns specifically, it's it, you're immortalized forever in the city. Um, but you're right with the other two. Okay, the Angels, I know they're always going to play second fiddle to the Dodgers in L.A., but that's a team that spends. I mean, you've got Mike Trout and Shohei Otani, or, you know, um, and now you have this, any NFL team. The Commanders have been a mess, but it's still an NFL team. It is, you, it is guaranteed profit. If you have the $4 billion, which <laughs> narrows the field considerably, but if you have the $4 billion, you'll eventually sell it for $8 billion, you know, in 20 uh, you years. You walk into the league offices of the NFL there in New York, and there's a money printing machine. Yeah. It's, it, it's, it's not an ATM, you know, but they have like flying they're, they're, out. Yeah. It, 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 did you see the YouTube numbers? The, <laughs> they're trying to, they're, YouTube is going to try and buy Sunday ticket for $2.5 billion a season. <laughs> like, come on. <laughs> Like that is absolutely ridiculous. Better lock in your subscription now, boys yeah, and girls. Seriously, <laughs> uh, why did my uh, YouTube TV subscription go up seven thousand <laughs> percent? Right. This is uh, this is Tom Izzo on Sirius XM yesterday talking about Matt Ishbia, who's buying the team. Who let's be real here, most of us didn't know a whole lot about until yesterday. I don't. I don't know about you, but I wasn't sitting around on Monday being like, let's look at those old Michigan State teams and see if there's any like fifteenth, sixteenth guy on the bench that might buy the Suns. Right. Uh, but here's Tom Izzo yesterday. When you're an owner, you know, I, I think you got to be around some. I, I don't think you got to meddle in everything, but I think you got to be around. Players got to know that uh, you got their back, but uh, you got to know that they got your back. And I think he'll do a great job of that. He's, he's young enough and yet experienced enough. He's taken a company from nothing and made it into a you know, $15, $20 billion company. So mm-hmm. he knows how to make money and he knows how to make the right decisions because he could have been working for me still as a <laughs> coach or something. <laughs> you know, making 300000 a year, 400000 a year. He, he makes that an hour now. So he, he made the right decision, guys. The only problem is he didn't drag his buddy to coach with him. Oh, that's that's interesting, though. I mean, $400,000 to be Tom Izzo's assistant? Like, is that available on LinkedIn? There's a right. <laughs> Indeed.com, Luke. <laughs> oh, yeah, I forgot. I forgot who I was talking to. For a <laughs> uh, no, that's the, the, the ties to Michigan State are uh, are funny. This is the Dan Gilbert ties to Michigan State, too, obviously owning the Cavs and that sort of competition and the competition they have away from the court. So um, this is... It, I, I like, and I know some people are a little tentative about this, of like, eh, he played basketball, is he going to be super hands-on? And that's fair. I, mean, I understand Suns fans in some ways have been burned over the last uh, you know, 10, 15, 18 years, but um, I like it. I like the fact that this is not just another investment for him. Not that it can't work if it's just, hey, this is you know my third investment, and I, but... I like the fact that he is emotionally tied to the sport of basketball. The the thing that stood out to me, the little bit that I got to listen yesterday, because in, in the midst of game prep, but his, and I guess this was like in the last month, he did the uh, the HBO yeah, sports. Just randomly. Yeah. Quote, randomly. Um, but the, the way his organization has been run um, and the the unification within the organization the, the the culture which he has created and you know showing them playing sand volleyball and dodgeball and you know they, they they're playing three on the three. culture of competition is everywhere you look 
at workstations, during sales calls. There are trophies for the company's biggest wins in intramural sports like basketball, dodgeball, and beach volleyball. This is not that complicated. Get the best people to join your team. Right, just like in sports, train them, coach them to be the best for themselves, like Izzo used to do with us, and then treat them so well they never want to leave. It's a familiar formula to some of Ishbia's top people. You know, you mentioned all the professional teams that were, you know, available. You didn't even mention all the pickleball teams that were <laughs> well, being bought up. <laughs> I can't because I'm in the midst of negotiations uh, to buy one right now. We but. should we should buy a team. We should just start a team <laughs> and then sell it and be like, you don't need to watch any of us play. Just that's just just buy the team. I paid ten dollars for it today. It's for yours for two thousand. Yeah, <laughs> we'll send it into the league, and you know, as long as they compete, uh, that'll be good enough. Um, all right, the well, let's see. Now I've just destroyed the entire page of, of uh, notes I had here. But um, coming up, yes, the power poll is coming up next. Text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. K-Ray gets involved. We're going to pick our top five teams in the NFL heading into week 16. Next, it's Wolf and Luke, Kevin Ray, in for Wolf on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Who is the best in the NFL? Wolf and Luke's NFL Power 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 Brought to you by IBEW Local 640, the best electricians in the world. All right, it is time for the Power Poll heading into week 16. Kevin Ray is here in for Wolf. We'll count down from 5 to 1. I can tell you right now, and I don't want to influence your Power Poll in any way, K-Ray. Okay, but uh, the Colts will not be on my list after blowing a 33-0 lead and benching Matt Ryan again. I just saw that. Headline. And the Cowboys can't be number one. <laughs> Who says, right, Maloney? Right, K-Ray? They, I mean, they can be, but you will be laughed at. Uh, I get laughed at either way. That's, so. It's just a matter of what tone you want to the left. Right, right, yeah. All right, let's uh, start with number five. Number five. All right, well, here we go with the, the early controversy. I can tell you, last week I had Dallas in my top five. This week I'm putting Cincinnati in there because Joe Burrow is playing out of his mind and the Bengals, I don't think they're winning the AFC this year. I will absolutely not go that far, but they've won six in a row, and I think they're going to mess something up for one of these top teams. Whether it's Kansas City or Buffalo, I could absolutely see Cincinnati. Cincinnati's going to play a role in who comes out of the AFC. How's that? Yeah. Um, now, refresh my memory. I guess I should have posed this question during the uh, during the break. Can I agree with you on the on these five? Or do you, you can? Yeah, yeah, you can. Because um, I, I will, I will put Cincinnati in there oh, as well. Okay, yeah. And and I've I going back and forth between five and four because they just kind of look like yeah they did this time last year, trending in the right direction. The only thing that gives me pause is. We're this late in the season, and they still haven't quite gotten their offensive line act together. Yeah, I just don't know if you can count years on of this. Joe Burrow heroics again through the playoffs. But. Yeah. Well, you could also do what Wolf does and disagree with my pick and tell me how bad it is, and then pick the same team. Yeah, they'd pick the same team. He'd be like, <laughs> that's, that's about right. Come yeah. on, Cincinnati has no <laughs> chance. And he'd be like, is that your pick? And they'd be like, yeah. And he'd be like, okay, I'm going to go with Cincinnati. <laughs> and here's my reasons why, yeah. Luke. This is why it's better. <laughs> All right, on to number four. <laughs> number four. Number four, I'm going to stick with this team. It's I have conflicting emotions on this. I have San Francisco at number four. They've won seven in a row. I don't really want to see San Francisco. I don't want to see the 49ers have more success again, but they are a fun team to watch. And the Brock Purdy storyline, especially with the local ties, but I don't even think it matters that it's, it's a local thing. Being Mr. Irrelevant and potentially leading this team deep into the playoffs, 
the storyline isn't why they're number four. The fact that nobody's beaten them in two months is why they're number four. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, I will. Um, I will make another selection. I'm going to put Buffalo in there at, at four. Okay. Um, just something not quite on schedule with the with the Bills right now. Um, and I know that they will, you know, they're going to have a home game. Um, should have a home game. You would think. You would think. Um, but I don't know. Right now, I'll slot them at four because looking at some of their losses and, and maybe they're just waiting for the postseason to flip that switch. But I don't feel as strongly about them because I, I picked them to be the AFC representative coming into the yeah. season. Uh, but right now, I'll, I'll put them at number four. Uh, yeah, I had them coming out of the AFC at the start of the year, and it's not like I'm down on them. Obviously, I have them in my top three, but I just I think the AFC is a little more wide open than just hey, it's Buffalo. Just because it seems pretty clear that they're going to be in a couple games that come down to the last minute, just like the Chiefs and probably the Bengals. And so it's hard for me to say anybody's clear cut uh, in, in that conference at this point. All right, on to number three. Number three. Three. Number three, I have the Buffalo Bills, who, for the reasons we just kind of laid out there. Now, look, top three. There's no shame in being top three. Right. I, I, I think there is a clear divide among the top four in the NFL and everybody else right now. There's a couple other teams hanging around, Cincinnati, Dallas. I have a few others. But I think uh, the top four or any of the top four could legitimately win the Super Bowl. I have Buffalo there. The only reason I don't have them higher, which there's only two spots higher, is um, I need to see them beat Kansas City in the playoffs. And honestly, I go back and forth between Buffalo and Kansas City at two and three every single week. Right. Yeah. Understandably so. Uh, for me, I'm going to put the Niners in, in at three. Um, and for many of the same reasons you mentioned, the defense is is and has been, even through injuries, They've been pretty solid outside of a, a shaky like first month of the season. Yeah, but again, you could you could give them some outs because of the injuries that they suffered. But I still believe Shanahan is one of the best coaches in the league. He's been dealt some very challenging hands due to the injuries. Um, love me some Brock Purdy. Uh, you know, I. I it, uh, it warms my heart when I think I, I, I called a couple of his high school games Did you? way back in the <laughs> nice. day. Well, it wasn't that way back in the day. It was only a few years ago, really, right? <laughs> like five years. <laughs> uh, but I, I know the more tape they get on him, the more they start taking things away. But he's got a way, I think, of playing within this system and not trying to play above himself. That, that was, I think, always kind of his M.O. collegially. And it still irks me that he was not wearing sun double colors. Yeah. That's another story for another yeah, day. It is. Um, it is. But I'm, uh, that's, that's where I'll slot San Francisco number three. All right. That's fair. That, that defense, you watch them play and the other team scores, and, and they score to get within like 24. And you're like, oh, good for you. You scored on them in the second half. That, that says something. All right. Uh, number two. Number two. Number two, I have the Kansas City Chiefs. Again, they're right there. To me, it's 2A and 2B with the Chiefs and the Bills right now. Really tough to pick against Patrick Mahomes, especially in the playoffs. Um, and I'm probably not going to, although I will say he you know, he was kind of up and down by his standards in the playoffs last year. I just The AFC is so competitive. And, and any of those three teams I have in my top five from the AFC, Cincinnati, Kansas City, and Buffalo, 
any of them could win it. Um, there are other teams even in the AFC that I could see taking one of them out early and throwing things off. I, I think it's Kansas City and Buffalo's conference to win or lose, but I do think Cincinnati's going to mess things up for one of them. I have Kansas City at number two. Uh, I will say the same thing. Uh, Kansas City. And, yeah, we'll see if uh, if lessons learned from last year. I think if there is a concern for this Chiefs team, it's not on the offensive side of the football. It's on the defensive side of the football. Yeah. Um, they, they've shown some vulnerabilities. And because of that very dude, Josh Allen and Joe Burrow, those kind of quarterbacks um, – and Burrow doesn't run a lot, but but he makes enough plays with his feet to keep plays alive to a lesser degree like what Mahomes does. But uh, Kansas City at two. It's gonna, the AFC is going to be really fun, these playoffs in the AFC. Yeah. Because we're going to get some of these wild card teams that aren't going to win the conference, but they could mess a lot of stuff up. Number one. Numero uno. Unbelievable. All right, pretty tough to argue with the team that's 13-1 and one at number one for me, the uh, the Philadelphia Eagles. The only thing that would potentially hold them back is the Jalen Hurts injury, and he is injured. So we'll see how bad this is. But uh, at this point, 13-1, this would be the ultimate power move by you if you left the Eagles off and just went Cowboys number one. <laughs> I would probably salute you. <laughs> Yeah, you would salute me. There would be a lot of other salutes <laughs> that look very different from yours. I wouldn't salute you for picking the Cowboys. I would salute you for what you were going to have to deal with on social media later. <laughs> well, fortunately, this show does not get broadcast in <laughs> Dallas, where I'll be this weekend to broadcast the game. Uh, yeah, Philadelphia, number one. What has stood out to me all season long about them is they... They have played chameleon football. And by that, I mean one week they can throw for 400 passing yards. Uh, the next week they can run for nearly 400 rushing yards. They've just got an ability to adapt. And the fact that they will have home field advantage, you just, you know, like Buffalo and Cincinnati, even throwing Kansas City for that matter. Um, you don't know what the weather in Philadelphia is going to be like, yeah. and that team is built because they can run um, along with some pretty salty defenders. So Philly yeah. in a number. But as you said, the, the health of Hurts goes a long way in shaping that. All right, that was the Power Poll heading into Week 16, the 2022 College Football Playoff Semifinals coming to State Farm Stadium December 31st, featuring number 2 Michigan, number 3 TCU, squaring off for the first time ever in the Verbo Fiesta Bowl. So head to the contest page now on ArizonaSports.com for your chance to win a pair of tickets. All right, we come back. Carson Palmer said what a lot of us are thinking. Maybe all of us are thinking. The 2022 Arizona Cardinals are hard to watch. Why does he feel that way? You'll get into it next. It's Wolf and Luke. Kevin Ray in for Wolf on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Okay, we don't need a, a breaking news sounder for what I'm about to say. The 2022 Arizona Cardinals have been a tough watch this season. Kevin Ray is in for Wolf right now. Uh, K. Ray, I, I know that... Um, I know I'm not going to get much pushback from you or anybody else that's listening right now that has watched the Cardinals. This has not been fun since about week four, if even then. Yeah, and obviously I've not gotten or been able to watch a lot of Cards games. Lucky you. But, yeah, yeah, I've, Aren't you perfect? <laughs> well, how do you do? Um, but look, it, it and you can... 
expand on this, but it's like, and I, and I, I filled in on some shows there over the summer. I mean, e- even go back to the summer, it just kind of had this like clunky, awkward feel based on the the flame out last year, mm-hmm. the way they finished this, the regular season and then the postseason and then the whole Kyler thing, scrubbing his social media and quiet, you know, everything just being zero dark 30 and then the announcement of the contract. Uh, it, 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 yeah, it just never had like... Okay. Yeah. This you know this shirt feels good. Yeah. Let's yeah, do this. Yeah. Let's do this. Yeah. It was just kind of like everybody. I think was like holding their breath. Like, oh, I really hope everything goes well. I hope we don't get injured. And then you start with Kansas City. <laughs> and you lose by forty. It felt like I don't know what the final score was like forty four fourteen. And then everybody got injured. So it was, it was all the things you didn't want. You're right. It it hasn't just been the season. It has been the calendar year of 2022. Like 2021 was really great to the Cardinals. Yeah, that's a great point. <laughs> And even the end of 2021, I get it. They were losing regular season games, so maybe it was you know a sign of things to come. But it, it 2022, from the playoff game to the entire off season that you were just detailing right there, and you're right, the season has just never gone right. You had that little bit of excitement. I remember being at the first game of the season. There's always that excitement going into week one, right? Yeah. And you were a playoff team last year, so you're like, okay, yeah, maybe maybe the fears that everybody has after such a not a quiet offseason because it was loud in all the wrong ways, but in terms of free agency or trying to improve the team, it was just quiet. And so then it's like, okay, well, maybe maybe they know something we don't know, and then and then the season has played out the way it has, and it's just been a mess. Um, Carson Palmer was on the 33rd team, and, you know, everybody's opinion on the Cardinals season being rough to watch is obviously valid and accurate, but it, it, I think it carries a little more weight when Carson Palmer says it. Here's what he had to say. It's tough to watch. I mean, it, it, the, the future is bleak right now when you really look at it and you look at the timeline of things. So Kyler blows his knee out beginning of December. You got to throw in nine months, maybe 12, depending on the process and any hiccups in, in the process. So he, he's on a short timetable. Um, they've got a lot of positions to fill. They've been banged up every where DJ Humphreys has been hurt. Um, they, they've lost guys uh, in the front, on the back end of their defense. So it, it's just been one of those years. Um, yes, you're right, Carson. Thank you for, for, for detailing. <laughs> Indeed it has. Yeah, you named some things I forgot. That's the thing. We were coming up with a list the other day, and some of it is self-inflicted by the Cardinals, but some of it isn't, you know, and some of it's just bad luck, and it has been a bit. But, you know, you put them all together, and you make this list, and we were sitting out in the newsroom, made the list, and it showed it to somebody, and they're like, well, you forgot these five things. And you take the next person, like, yeah, but you forgot these three things over here. It's like the list is like 28 things long. Right. Uh, more from Carson Palmer on the 33rd team. It's not like, well, we'll be fine, Kyle rehab and he'll be ready week one that's unknown we, we have yeah. no idea what's going to happen coaching situation expect- we don't know what's going to happen i mean there's so many different ways that this this is going to shake out but the, uh, at the end of this year uh it's just one of those situations as, as now that i'm a fan watching it's just been it's really really been tough to watch yep yeah I, and i always love when and i understand it you know i i guess we're all guilty of it but I even heard this reference, uh, Nick Sirianni talking about the incredible healing powers of Jalen Hurts. Yeah. He heals fast. Oh. Wow. He's is a he, superhero. Is he made of vibranium? <laughs> <laughs> you he know, might be. And, and, you know, I understand that clean, clean tear of the ACL, I, I get that versus one that's shredded and all that. But to, to sit here and go, he'll be ready for week one. You can't. B- based on what? Hope? Just some, yeah. I've, I think it's safe to say that we have seen over the last year that basing things on hope doesn't win you football games. It really doesn't. And look, 
how a guy, and I don't care who they are, what sport it is, how a guy attacks rehab. Because that's what you have to do. When you talk to guys who go through rehab, you, you have to take a completely different mindset. Um, it's similar to playing, but you know, at least with playing, you have typically the opportunity for for some joy yeah. and and the feeling of euphoria. A little bit different, there's some excitement. And you will eventually get that in rehab, but those first few months when you talk to guys, especially with ACLs, man, you, you have to wrap your mind around being to use our, our guys, you know, a dark place. Yeah. Because the the improvements are so incremental and for an athlete that's not the way they operate not used to it you yeah. know it's like being in the weight room it's like okay today they threw up a max yesterday or the end of the week i improved my max when you're going through rehab it is a completely different level of improvement and and just like small little just small little leap and not even leaps and, and you're off the radar. And you're off the radar. We, EJ and I were talking about this with, with Cam Johnson. Um, you could just see the happiness with Cam being back on the floor, just shooting drills. Yeah. Because he was back on the floor with his guys. We'd been on the road trip, and those are the worst times that you know that anybody will tell you. It's like when your team is on the road and you're in the training room. Yeah. And you love your training staff, but it's a different training staff when when the team is on the road versus your normal training staff. So it, it, it is a completely different mindset. And how a guy approaches and attacks that has a lot to do with how quickly he or she returns from an injury. I, I would, to me, the, 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 the downside of sports or the most difficult side of sports is always exactly what you just detailed of working your way back from an injury because you're basically, and, and look, this is... Is on, on the professional level must be amplified a million times. You're working your way back from injury. If you're a professional athlete, you can sit there and say, oh, you know, I don't want all this attention. I don't, I don't listen. To, okay, you're a professional athlete. On some level, you like attention. Otherwise, you wouldn't be there. Right. And so for that to just be gone, for you to be working back on something that, like you just said, the progress is not, hey, I worked on this in practice, and then we beat the Raiders by 14. It's not that. It is, it's, it's very incremental, especially with an injury like this. Just talking to, to players that have had it before, you'll go forward five days, and then on the sixth day, you'll feel like you're starting back over. Right. That's just part of the process. So to go through all that and then get back on the field, you know, there's no guarantee you won't get hurt again. That to me is is the the dark side of sports. It's not it's it's not the pain of the injury. It's the working all the way back and then that first time going out there, not even knowing if it's fully stable yet. Yeah, because your reward is buckets, tackles, touchdowns, goals, hits. Yeah, you know, all, instant gratification uh, that it, everybody sees. Right. Right, and you can work towards that and see, like, got a game tomorrow night, got a game this weekend. You know, so your 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 goal in rehab is, I I want to be able to bend my knee sixty percent tomorrow. Yeah, and your 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 therapist is, you know, giving you claps and at attaboys, and that adulation is nice, but it does not warm the it's heart and soul not and fill your competitive cup the way. A game does. It's it's not the same as like hitting a game winning shot and the entire arena losing their minds. It, erupting, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> that's not the trainer being like, 
Nice 60% knee bend. <laughs> High five. Uh, all right. Speaking of the Suns, things got heated last night between DeAndre Ayton and Monty Williams on the sidelines. Is it a big deal? Is it, uh, is it nothing? We'll get into that next. It's Wolf and Luke. Kevin Ray in for Wolf on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.